0: Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. And today I am delighted to welcome as my guest, Julie Livingston. Julie, welcome to my show.
1: Thank you so much, Meredith. It's great to be able to chat with you here.
0: Well, I'm really looking forward to our conversation and I know my listeners will too. Let me first introduce you in a little bit more formal way before we get started with the questions I have for you. Julie Livingston is president of Want Leverage Communications, which is a marketing communications agency based in New York City. She's an expert at helping under the radar companies break through the noise to capture the attention of their target audiences and increase their visibility. Julie does this through a full range of marketing communications services, and we're going to talk more about those. She's passionate about helping clients uncover their brand potential and connect them with the right audiences for their business. And speaking of New York City, Julie has served three times on the Board of Directors for New York Women in Communications. And she launched a reverse mentoring initiative that was profiled on a national news program. So Julie, we are so eager to hear about your expertise in this area of communication. So what I want to start out with, since many of my listeners are small business owners, solopreneurs, service professionals, they may not be as familiar with what a you know, marketing communications company does So tell us a little bit about your journey and the services that you provide your clients. Sure.
1: I'll start with my journey. Um, I started out in, uh, on the editorial publishing side of things. I, uh, my early dream was to become a fashion editor at a magazine. And uh, so I started there uh, at a teenage magazine called YM, And I loved that. And then I moved to the other side. I moved into public relations and marketing. You see, as an editor, so many companies were trying to pitch me. um, I mean, I was trying to get our, um, you know, get their products featured in our magazine. And Mm -hmm. so I found what they did very, very interesting. And so I started writing and promoting products for other companies um, in my in my journey onward after the magazine, and loved that, and started my own business in the '90s um, after uh, a separation from a company I had been working for, and you know it was just so the right move. And this is actually my third time as an entrepreneur at Want Leverage, so I've kind of zigzagged a little bit in between the corporate world and the entrepreneurial world. So marketing communications encompasses a whole lot of different um, activities that are des- designed to increase a company's brand visibility and brand following. And that can mean uh, direct marketing, like email marketing. It could mean social media, it could mean public relations, you know, building one's company reputation an image over time. It could include media relations. So getting clients featured in the news media that's important to them, featured in articles and stories, also helping them to develop their own voice, their content and helping them place that content in different media outlets is something that we do all the time. Uh, we also help with placing digital advertising um, and print advertising too. So it really runs the gamut. Any kind of marketing platform that is designed to promote one's business and brand fits all fits under the marketing communications mm-hmm. umbrella and our list of services. And this is continually evolving, you know, with so much um, happening in the digital world these days, and new platforms being introduced constantly, we stay track of that, we stay on top of it, so that we can offer clients kind of, you know, the cutting edge of what's available, what could be available to them.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, one of the terms that you use is brand visibility. And so when you think of someone who's a solopreneur, what is it, Why would you emphasize for them that this brand visibility is so important?
1: Well, you know, Meredith, brand visibility is critical for any size company. Um, And I'm going to say in particular for a solo preneur, especially these days with so many people hanging up their own shingle to do business. It's so important to develop your brand, what your brand values are, what you stand for and what the services that you can provide to clients. Well, you have to communicate that. You have to promote that. Otherwise, how will people find you? How will they be able to hire you? Um, And then also how will they be able to talk about how great you are to other people they know within their circle? So brand visibility is is just critical uh, for solopreneurs uh, because they need to differentiate themselves from their competitors, right? And they also just need to keep themselves right in front um, and top of mind of their clients and client prospects.
0: Well, when you are advising a client, there are so many social media platforms these days. Um, How do you go about determining recommendations for which one or ones they should try to make sure they're visible on?
1: You know, I have to tell you, Meredith, that is such a great question because social media, when people hear that phrase, they start getting overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed, especially Mm -hmm. if they haven't been active on social media beforehand. And I tell them to take a breath. You don't need to be on every, first of all, social media is very important. It's critical today because people are living digital lives. They're living online. I mean, look what the pandemic has showed us, right? We are all fortunately being, we're able to continue on because we can connect online. I mean, we're recording this podcast on Zoom, right? An amazing platform. So I tell them to take a breath, and if they haven't been on social media before, and they, they should be for sure, that's a, a, a fundamental uh, promotional platform, I tell them to usually start with something like LinkedIn, because if they're a solopreneur, especially, they're going to want to promote their services to potential clients and prospects. And LinkedIn is the business networking platform used by millions and millions and millions of people around the globe. It is uh, just the perfect place to establish your brand presence and start building a following, building your connections. Uh, it's a great way to connect with groups of like-minded people of or people who could be potential clients for you. Um, and it's just a wonderful way to post your where place to post your content. Um, I know I post on LinkedIn almost every day, and have been developing my own following and I've been increasing the number uh, and the right, I've been increasing my connections to the right people, people who, who can make b- business decisions to hire me and my company. So mm-hmm. LinkedIn is definitely the place to start. So you should definitely have a LinkedIn profile um, and really set that profile up. If you're a social, pr- social, you know, a, a solopreneur, set that LinkedIn profile up. As a landing page. So don't do it as like a resume, but do it like a landing page, like a web page, so that people could really kind of walk away after reading your LinkedIn profile and get a very strong feel for your brand story, for the services you provide, for the kinds of expertise you bring to the table. And you'll see that that works. And also be sure to use um, in your profile photo, to use the background um, to promote the URL of your website URL so people can contact you and even your mobile phone number. So use that profile photo background as sort of a mini marquee, um, like a banner ad. Yeah, that's a great,
0: great tip, Julie.
1: But but designing your profile as a landing page Mm -hmm. is critical for solopreneurs.
0: Well, I think that's excellent advice for someone, no matter what size their company, because if you have a single place for someone to go to learn about you, I know my go-to place is LinkedIn. When I meet someone new, I always go to see what the profile on LinkedIn says. So now for someone who hasn't been as active on the platforms, let's say, and I agree with you, I think especially someone that's business to business, LinkedIn makes sense as the primary, and it can be intimidating for someone to hear, well, you should post every day or a number of times per week. What are some ideas for what kind of content that you've seen your clients get the best kind of responses or engagement with?
1: Well, first of all, again, try not to get overwhelmed. And the other thing you should take advantage of if you're not familiar with LinkedIn and how it works is get some education around it. LinkedIn Learning is free um, on a certain level and they have lots of really great introductory mini classes. They could take anywhere from three minutes to an hour and they are phenomenal at really acclimating you to the platform. So take it one step at a time. Then scan your competitors' LinkedIn and see what they're posting about. And then think, how can I be a little bit different? How can I kind of work around similar subjects, but provide a different perspective? So that will help you to start developing ideas for content. And then what I try to do is I actually create a spreadsheet in my Google Google Sheets, because um, I work in the cloud a lot. And I start mapping out by week. And then by month, when I get, when I've got a little bit more you know, familiar with, with posting a lot, um, different topics that, that I could write about. And you remember that people today don't read, unfortunately, they do not read long form content. And LinkedIn doesn't even let you do that because I think you have 1300 characters that you can use in every post and you want some of those to include uh, hashtag words, which we'll, we'll we'll get into. But so you should start, thinking about what you can write about and put that in bullet pointed form. So I think that the best kind of content to share on LinkedIn is actually bullet pointed content and often tips and advice, actionable things that people in a, in a few seconds of scanning your LinkedIn post, they can walk away with something really valuable that could help them in their business.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great advice. And I think another piece of that would be if you were, were advising someone to go with whether they do video or written, what they're comfortable with, right?
1: Well, video, you know, you, once you start learning more about LinkedIn and you really start watching it and seeing what other people are, cont- are posting and how others are responding to their content, you're going to see that video does not seem to be liked a lot by LinkedIn. <laughs> even though they have their own video platform, you can also post video um, and you can do it. But generally speaking, you won't get as much attention for it. It's just, that's how their algorithm um, reacts to it. So I would say, start with written content. Don't worry about any graphical assets. Those also are not necessarily things that are liked by LinkedIn. So, and, and take them off your plate in the beginning. It's too much. Start with the written content, get fine tune that over time and try not to overthink it. This is something that I'm often guilty of. I I will write my LinkedIn content and then I'll review it and review it and review it to the point where it's taking so much of my time and I'm really not making it all that much better. Mm -hmm. Make sure it's good enough. Post it and then start seeing how people are responding to it. How many likes Importantly, how many comments? That means that people are actually engaging with your content. And then Mm -hmm. how many views?
0: I want to reinforce what you just said about not trying to get it perfect. I did a video, um, I think it was last week, about my word for the year. And I had written it on a Post-it note. And as I was reaching for it to hold it up and show it was rustling, and you could hear the rustling. And I thought, should I redo that? And I thought, no, I'm <laughs> not redoing that. It's a couple of seconds of, of right. a little bit of sound. And so I think we kind of have to get over ourselves, right? In terms of, I mean, holding so, ourselves you know
1: back. Solopreneurs are they do this a lot? I know because I am one. Um, <laughs> we are perfectionists, and. We will think and rethink and redo and revise. It doesn't always pay. Put it out there as quickly as you can, as consistently and regularly as you can to start building your following. Mm-hmm. That's great. Remember that even if your the, the likes, comments, and views are not like astronomical numbers, there are people we call lurkers. I know a lot of people who are looking at my LinkedIn posts, but they don't show themselves. They don't tick off like or they don't comment and they don't, um, but they say to me, wow, you've been posting a lot on LinkedIn and I love your content. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean just because you haven't gotten the likes doesn't mean people aren't looking.
0: Great point. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier, too, about connecting with the right people. Because then your content gets in front of the people you really want to connect with. That is think,
1: critical. Narrative. Would you critical. also
0: say, be very discriminating about whose request to connect you accept?
1: Yes, I do. Um, I mean, you have to, you have to, you don't want um, let's, to, let's say a friend reaches out to you. I would say, you know, you can accept their request, but in general, be discerning and make sure that you are connecting with people. In my case, it's chief marketing officers or chief communications. Um, And at very small companies, sometimes it's the CEO, but know the title of the person who hires you as a solopreneur, (laughs) who is that person? And then start, um, you know, first of all, include that hashtag in your post to attract them. But when you are when you are looking to make new contacts, contacts may you know be selective because it doesn't really matter how many LinkedIn contacts you have, it's really who they
0: are. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of hashtags, another area that I want to kind of shift to is related to someone's website and the importance of keywords. And of course, keywords are important on LinkedIn too. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you advise clients in this area of keywords, again, so they don't get overwhelmed, but yet they take into consideration this very important aspect of any content you put online.
1: It is. And actually, if you don't mind, I'd like to start by explaining what key messages are. Sure. Because that's really where you should begin with a with a, a solid marketing communication strategy. Key messages are kind of like, are those key statements, those fundamental statements that you say often about your business or your services that you want other people to think of every time Mm -hmm. you talk to them. That's great. And so first I would say write out your key messages. And these are maybe three to five statements top tops. So don't overwhelm yourself, but think of, you know, let's say you and I were meeting for the first time. There were a few things that I'm going to, that I consistently say at a first meeting about myself and my company, things that will be what I call an easy get. So people will instantly understand what you do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so write those key messages down. Again, look at your competitor's sites and see what their key messages are. How can you make yours a little bit more unique? How can you separate yourself? What is it that you offer that is a bit different? And then look at the language, really be selective about the language you use in your key messages because your key messages will eventually inform a marketing communication strategy plan. If you're not up to the planning part, you'll notice that there are words that you use in the key messages that are absolutely critical. These are the words that people use in a Google search to try to find service providers like you. Right? Mm -hmm. So in my case, it's marketing communications, marketing, branding, public relations, PR agency, marketing agency. And, and so on and keep a file of these keywords and make sure that every time you post on LinkedIn, that you use those hashtags for those keywords. Again, people who go on LinkedIn could be looking for a marketing consultant, marketing agency. That's what, those are the words or phrases they're going to use to find someone like you Mm -hmm. and then make sure you use those keywords in every Thing you write about, every piece of content. I know after a while, if you're going to think, oh, I don't want to use those words anymore, but those are your magic words. You have to, you must, because that's how you'll get found and noticed and connected.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, give us some examples of um, maybe your own or a client's um, content, either on their website or posts that they make on social media where they are able to embed those keywords, because I love what you're saying. I think it's so true. Even though we get tired of it ourselves, you know, we have to remember our audiences maybe are just seeing that one post and they haven't seen those, you know, dozens of other times we've used those words, but it's, it's sort of a principle of advertising, right? It's the, it's the repetition and everything
1: it really is. Repetition is everything. And you have to constantly reinforce your positioning and your messages, your key messages and your keywords. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. One uh, was is a nonprofit uh, I work with that is in the health and wellness space. They were an unknown nonprofit when we started working together uh, and they informed the public about the side effects of medicine. And so... Every so we, we were de- working with them on developing a flow of blog posts, um, and even social media messaging, so that on, in every one of those posts, in every bit of that content, we were constantly using the keywords medicine, side effects, doctors um supplements you know all these we kept a file of keywords that we would make sure we would identify with a hashtag um in in everything we posted and that really led us to increase our website traffic event over time you know it takes time but we increased our website traffic and our social media following uh another client this is a fun one um is a client, this is a client in the consumer product space that makes swimmable mermaid tails. <laughs> they, are, they are actually an item that you can have a great core body workout in, but they're also um, kind of a dress up thing for kids and adults. And so we developed content for them and social media content, all with the keywords like swim, swimming, workout, core body, core workout mermaid um you know sea life ocean life th- that kind of thing so every post every content piece of content um and that's actually how we also attracted uh the media to feature their product and got them on on the today show
0: hmm that's great what you think uh, related to keywords, um, it used to be, because uh, I haven't studied this anytime recently, but it used to be avoid the really common popular ones like medicine and go for phrases that wouldn't be as popular, but maybe would would um, appeal to a specific niche. Do you have any opinion on that?
1: I really don't. I would do both and I would experiment.
0: Mm-hmm. That's always the best way to identify what works and what doesn't.
1: Yeah. And I mean, um, if you're using, if you're looking at LinkedIn, for example, you only have, I think, 1300 characters per post. Mm -hmm. So depending on how long the post is, you'll have, you won't, you'll only have a certain amount of room to add uh, hashtags. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, you'll have to be somewhat selective. Mm
0: -hmm. That makes sense. Well, Let's talk a little bit about the um, about people who are startups or companies like some of these clients you've worked with that are really under the radar, and they are yeah, ready are. <laughs> to get known. Yeah, and so yeah, we work with a s- lot of under the radar companies. Yeah. So, what do you suggest as some beginning steps for someone? So, again, they don't take on too much, but what's you know, like a one, two, three? What are some things they could do?
1: Sure. I mean, it's so important to try to not get overwhelmed by this and to take it's sort of like building a Lego tower, you know, one block, one block, one block, and, and you just start building it over time. Mm-hmm. And so, the first thing I would do would be to, first of all, make sure you're on a platform like LinkedIn um, as a person, as an individual. You can have a company page, but I have found that people, even though I have a company page, people are much more apt to connect with me than follow my company page right? because it's a platform. It's a social platform. So it's mm-hmm. all around building relationships. So make sure you have that profile and make sure you've really, again, written it like a landing page and that you've really optimized it. And I encourage people to look at my LinkedIn, um, my LinkedIn profile to see how I've organized it as a landing page. It's really a very useful format. Uh, then I, so I would start with LinkedIn. and just setting up my profile
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and, then, and you look at all the sections in it and try to use as many as you think you can um, publications that you've been in, um, you know, places where you've been a, a speaker, um, your education, um, really everything. And then try to follow companies, companies that you'd like to have as clients. Make sure you're following them so that you could regularly see their news so that you could be responsive. And then if possible, I would try to start a blog, a company blog. Now, if you're regularly posting on LinkedIn, what I do is I don't reinvent the wheel. I take my best performing LinkedIn posts and I turn them into short blog posts. You see, a blog should only be about 300 or 350 words because again, people don't read. So the people are surfing all the time and multitasking. So turn your LinkedIn post into a blog. And again, make sure you've got those keywords in there, the right hashtags, and then post it as a blog with, you can pull up some uh, free uh, graphical assets, artwork from sites like Pixabay or the Creative Commons. Those are free. They have no usage fees. And then start Promoting those blogs on social media, if you can. But if you can't, um, in addition, one really another easy thing to do is start a monthly e-newsletter using a program like Mailchimp or Constant Contact. You can take two of your monthly blog posts and turn it into an email newsletter that you send to your database once a month as a keep in touch mechanism, as the keep my brand in front of them mechanism, mm-hmm. and. I find that that is extremely helpful in building brand awareness over time. And then you can check the um, the open rate in LinkedIn or constant contact or or uh, whatever you know whatever uh, program you use to see who's actually opening, who has unsubscribed, Etc. So it's a great tracking tool and it's really easy. I am not a techie person, but I use those tools and I find them that they find that they are great connectors and relationship builders.
0: And so what do you do to help clients build their list? Because, you know, there's always the emphasis on getting people off of social media onto your own list. So you quote, own the list, and then you can do this kind of a newsletter. Do you have specific strategies you help clients implement with building their list?
1: Yes, I do, um, and I have an expert on my team who does that. But just to give you, you know, a little bit of information around it, it's really important to try to capture information of people who are interested in your products and services. So if you create something called a lead magnet, and you have that on your home on the homepage of your website, such as something that I have is download uh, my seven tips to establish industry authority today. And in or- so then they click through if they want to get that, and then they have to in- add their email address in order to download the tip sheet. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to begin. And mm-hmm. that tip sheet um, is, you know, is uploaded um, to your website, but linked to your MailChimp or your constant contact so that that name goes into your database.
0: mm mm-hmm. And I believe what's so nice about most of those types of programs is you can tag people according to certain criteria, such as that they opted in for a specific um, white paper or um, tip sheet or whatever you offered. And so you can then customize or personalize follow-up messages to them around whatever it was that caused them to uh, sign up. You
1: definitely can. And that's something that MailChimp does beautifully. Uh, So you can do various versions, you know, slightly different versions of your email newsletter with different blog posts, but it's a pretty turnkey thing. I've also started using Upwork, um, which is a website that has virtual assistants around the world uh, who are specialists in different areas. I have somebody who's now, uh, she's actually in the Philippines. She is actually creating a spreadsheet of all of my LinkedIn posts so that I can track which ones are the most popular. And so it's possible, you could find someone on Upwork who's very affordable. So this is a great resource for solopreneurs to help take some of this administrative stuff off your plate so that you could really be, you know, more involved in building your business instead of the admin stuff, helping you post blogs, et cetera, social media.
0: That's such an important point because I think that's what keeps a lot of people from doing some of the things that you've been talking about is that, where am I going to find the time to do that? Or I hate doing that kind of thing. So Upworks is a great resource for being able to find someone that really meets your criteria, right?
1: Yeah. And you know, everybody on there is rated. So you can see who has the best rating, who has the most experience and exactly what you want to be done. And you know what? It's so inexpensive that you can experiment to kind of find how it could work for you. But I have to tell you, it has taken so much off my own plate, my off my shoulders that now I could focus more on my client work instead of, you know, doing the blog post and putting it out on social and things that I don't really need to spend my time doing. So I, I recommend that for social solopreneurs for sure.
0: Yes. And this is something, you know, my audience, I think, Uh, they recognize the importance of marketing and doing a lot of the things that you're suggesting. But what their love is, is delivering their services. And so there's this struggle of, where do I find time for that when over here is what they really enjoy doing? But what you're really getting at is building your visibility so that you have the opportunity to meet more of your ideal clients.
1: I I know that's worked for me as a solopreneur. So yeah, I can only, I I really, I really urge people to try to take some of that off your plate. And, you know, being perfectionists as we are, (laughs) that's a hard thing to do, to let go of the control. But it is worth it in the long run. You will have so much more time, not only more work time, but more leisure time. How many, how many of us are working into the evenings late at night because we won't delegate? This is how to do it on Upwork.
0: Mm-hmm. Such great advice. Well, Julie, what have I not asked you about related to marketing communications that you think might be really valuable to share with my listeners before we wrap up?
1: Um, You know, I think we've kind of covered everything that we were going to speak about. Um, I think getting started and taking one step at a time uh, regarding your marketing communications work is really the best thing, the best way to approach it, to try to not get overwhelmed. But by starting with creating your LinkedIn profile, designing it as a landing page, again, you can look at mine as an example of how I've done that. And remember also that nothing there is written in stone. The great thing about all of these digital platforms is that you can change it in a second. Mm -hmm. So even if your copy is not totally there, let it sit, let it marinate for a bit, then go back and change it um, until you really, you you get all of it right. And then the focus on developing your key messages at the onset is really critical. That I would say is really the very first place to start. Your key message, your LinkedIn profile, and then your key message development.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that because I think we take for granted sometimes that we say these same things over and over and don't realize they really are key messages for us that we need to be more um, intentional about capturing and using in our posts, in our blogs you know, wherever we are trying to get content in front of our ideal clients.
1: They are, and you'd be surprised. You, you as a solopreneur, you have so much expertise. You don't realize it. You know, you're sitting with yourself all day, but you have a lot of expertise to offer. And people will want to read about that, you know, parse it out and and write about the smallest things. And and you'll find that you're going to start getting traction.
0: I think um, one of the... I thoughts that I just had, and I'm sure you emphasize this with your clients too, is when you think about what you should write about, focus on the problems that you know your existing current clients have dealt with that you've helped them solve. I couldn't agree more,
1: Meredith. Start with what, put yourself in their shoes. Why would they want to hire someone like you? What are the issues that they're they're being faced with? For me, it could be you know they're they're constantly dealing with industry crises and they need ongoing marketing counsel um they their brand is so under the radar that they're just they they have a lack of fans and followers they're not getting recognized like their key competitors or maybe they've been coasting along for many years and all of a sudden their sales have started to dip they need to raise their brand visibility so they that's why they would contact someone like me
0: mm-hmm. That's great. I think everyone listening can really ask themselves the questions. What would I help my client solve and write about that? So they see you as the expert It's that whole thing of getting the visibility you've been talking about. Julie, this is all so useful and helpful and practical. I love that you gave a very simplified step by step of what someone can do that's really eager to get greater visibility, to get out there. And so if someone would like to connect with you and learn more about your services, tell them how they can do that.
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. First of all, follow me on LinkedIn. Look me up, Julie Livingston, Want Leverage Communications, or email me at julie at wantleverage.com. And I also do offer a free 30-minute discovery call to anyone who reaches out.
0: That's great. Well, thank you. And that's WANT, W-A-N-T, leverage.com is your website. That's right. And we'll have that on our social media, I mean, on our um, uh, show notes page also.
1: Yes. And on my homepage, you can then again, download, you can sign in and download seven tips to build industry authority. So that's a great tip sheet with some very actionable tips.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Julie. And thank you so much for being my guest today. It was just great having this conversation. And I know it's going to be very useful for my audience.
1: It was my pleasure. Love chatting with you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now, head over to growstrongleaders.com slash free and grab our ebook, Listen Like a Pro. You'll find out how to connect on a deeper level with the people who matter to you. And while you're there, check out our two books, Connect With Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.